uh, Reverend Samuel Solomon as he comes and takes his liberty. God bless you. Please be seated. It's my great honor and my privilege to just stand in the presence of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Can somebody shout and say amen? Can somebody shout and say it is good to be here? Can somebody shout and say it is good to be here? I greet you all the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. It gives me a great honor and pleasure uh, being part of the Greenwich service this morning. And I'm, I thank God for giving me, opening up a great opportunity to be here in this season. And I thank uh, my, uh, my big thanks to my dear Bishop Joseph Bodu. And uh, because he's the one who identified me, which the power is laid in me. So uh, I thought I would be an evangelist, but this man of God found out the pastoral calling in me. So I thank God for his wonderful calling uh, and uh, the great privilege working under him. You don't realize the power that he has in him. And you don't understand how effective he is. And uh, he's so great. And uh, I'm so glad to uh, work under him. And uh, I'm proud to say that he is my bishop. I've seen many uh, pastors, evangelists all around the world, missionaries, because my dad goes everywhere. But uh, I, me and my dad, we always speak about this man. The first word that comes out of our heart and, and our mouth is, uh, humble man of God. That's what my dad also, and me, along with him, we'll say that. And uh, church in India is getting better. Uh, the first church is really getting better, growing by the grace of God. It is my uh, responsibility to inform you and report to you. So uh, as a uh, command from uh, the bishop, so I just thank God for the church in India. And the second church uh, in ancient Bakam that uh, many of the leaders, uh, you got the information through me the other day in the refresh conference that uh, we are uh, actually... For now, temporarily, we have shut down uh, since we are uh, uh, facing few problems. And uh, I consider it's a big, big trial and uh, uh, tribulation f uh, that I go on and move on. So I thank God for this. And probably just temporarily, we have shut down, including the orphanage as well. So we have moved out uh, from Injambakam. Many of you might know that uh, if you have been there as a... A missionary or a mission, you know, mission strip. So we have moved out to the orphanage and uh, we have found a good place for them uh, temporarily again. And the church is shut down uh, for the past three weeks. Uh, it is really a sorrow, the time of great pain, both for me and for my dad, for my family in the church. So anyways, it's a report to you saying that we will grow again. Amen? Uh, we will grow again. Oh, yeah, the, the churches now, uh, we are getting into a big tribulation. And uh, the central government uh, we have at present, they want to diminish the churches, especially the Christianities. Uh, around, if I'm right, uh, 4,220 uh, churches have been shut down, have been demolished. The building has been demolished practically. So, uh, you know, uh, we are finding it really hard. So uh, the Hinduism has taken over again. They want to diminish and bring down the Christianity. But no matter how it is, but we know for sure that it's a trial and it's a check period for Christianity. So we are growing more stronger, more deeper. I, we thank God for this uh, 
uh, what is happening uh, back home in India because just because of that, we are growing deeper in God. And I will thank God for that. Uh, the, the, the Lord will open up the new avenues and doors for us. And the church is growing. And I believe in the name of Jesus, 2018, we will have one more church, uh, CLF Church. Uh, the Perambakam Church, we have just built it. Probably many of you would know that. We have sent some pictures and some videos uh, showing you that what has been done there, the building. Uh, I will report to you again, let you know through dear Bishop, uh, Pastor Joseph Bodu, and uh, I believe a new church, a new beginning, and a new place we will be having in India. It's a great pleasure, and I will send you, I'll update you with the churches here. And uh, let us get into the word. If you have a Bible with you, will you please turn with me to the book of Exodus Book of Exodus chapter 8 and verse 22. Book of Exodus chapter 8 and verse 22. And in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. You will know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful time as we just unite our hearts together. We thank you for the great opportunity just bow before you and thank you for this wonderful day. As we look deep into your word that you will speak to us, O oh Master. Let your word should impact us. Let your word should practically touch us, O oh Father. Lord, let your word should be with us and go within all the things that we go through. In Jesus' mighty matchless name we pray. Amen. The title that I would like to give our message on this special day is God's intervention is good. Can somebody shout and say God's intervention is good. Whenever the Lord interferes into something, there is a pleasure. Whenever the Lord interferes into your situation, there is a positivity. Whenever the Lord interferes is grace, there you find the uh, priority and there you find the peace and the comfort. So many people, when they interfere in your situation, we don't actually, we are not happy with that. Some people will just put in their nose and uh, they will try to give you a solution, but we are not satisfied. Can somebody shout and say, I'm not satisfied with man's word. Yes. We should not, we should never be satisfied with man's word. That's the reason I believe in the name of Jesus when the Lord interferes in your life and that's when you find the peace there. And now I'm here to talk about what is the expectation of the Lord. We expect something from the Lord. Apparently, God is also expecting something from us. Have we ever realized saying that we expect, but what about God, the one who created you and me? We need to realize what is his expectation from us. So I'm, I would like to elaborate and let you know the expectation of the Lord and why God interferes into your situation and why God puts his grace in your situation and in your circumstances. I always talk about purpose comes first and product comes next. Purpose, there, there is a purpose. Just because of the purpose, there is a product created. Hallelujah. Do you understand? So when they started preaching and they wanted to keep their Bible, their, their script and their lyric, they, they had no choice. They have to create this one, podium. 
So the purpose comes first and the product comes next. And man thought we have to sit. And man thought we have to keep our books and write something. And that's when the product has been created at table and chair. Do you think you are an unsuccessful product in this world? No, 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 no. Every single mankind and every single creation in this world was created with uniqueness. Are you there? Yes. We are not something came into this world. We, we born, we lived, and we died. No, no, no. When you come to this world, we have to be a successor. We have to bring a success in someone's life, in your life especially. You need to understand why you have been created and, uh, made and pushed into some, some family or some church especially. I thank God for this church. It is not by accident that you are a part of this church. It is God's purpose. Can somebody shout and say it is God's purpose? Yeah. You don't understand the power of this church. It's not because that I'm part of the CLF. No, 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 no. I'm part because it is powerful. Hallelujah. I know how powerful it is. So thank God that you are part and you are a member. You're the believer of CLF Church. This is the purpose of God. And God could have created another man going to Nineveh. No, 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 no. But God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. God punished him. Okay, it's okay. Three days he had nothing and came back and he said, go to Nineveh. God, it is so simple for God to just smack him out and uh, destroy him. But God could have created another Jonah instead of the old one, but he never did that because Jonah was unique. No matter what crisis, the problems that you're crossing through, you are unique, my dear. In Chennai, I used to tell that, uh, you know, uh, me as a, my pastor would have seen me as a teenager, but when I was small, whenever we see mango trees, we just stone them to get the mangoes. I don't know whether it's, I mean, like, not in England, probably in Africa you might do that. We do that in, in India. We just could it. And especially if it is a neighbor's tree, it will be very sweet. Yeah, it is. It is. Back home in India, they say, neighbor's, uh, I mean, like, fruit is better than your fruit. So when we just try to eat that, wow, they shout, then we run off. And when we try that, you know, I always say, the stone fruit is always sweet. If you're getting trials, tribulations, problems, which means... The, 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 the Satan is trying to smack you down. If the Satan is trying to do something in you, don't worry. Don't think that God has uh, left you alone. No, no, no. Because the Lord is and is upon you, Satan is trying to pull you down. You need to understand. Because you are sweet in the sight of God. You are unique in the sight of God. Satan is trying to do, trigger you, do some sort of an irritation to you. He can just irritate you, but he cannot touch you. That's the greatest uh, power that we have. Sun can burn us and it cannot touch us, you know. Simple. You need to understand the power of God. Three things before I get into the cream of our message. The first one, Christ-centered church, uh, Christ-centered life. Can somebody shout and say Christ-centered life? The second one, can somebody shout and say Christ-centered family? And third one, can somebody shout and say Christ-centered church? We see to it, and we have that in, uh, in our uh, motto, in our focus of CLF, Christ-centered church. Because before we could notice and realize Christ-centered church, you need to know that who you are. Do you think that you, you give the space to Christ in center of your life? We need to understand, is he the center? Is he the one who plans everything? Is he the one who communicates everything? Just think about it. If 
the podium has set there in the corner. Do you think all of you can reach seeing me? No, it is not possible. Because it is in the center, you could have the attraction. You could see. You can have everyone from the nook and corner. You can see me. When you keep Christ center in your life, that's when you develop to Christ-centered family. Yes. You know, the Bible talks about if thou shalt believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. It is personalized. Spirituality is all about personalized dealing. You know, because your wife praying for you, you cannot go to heaven. Because your children prayed for you, you cannot go to heaven. No, no, the, the parents pray for you, children, you cannot go to heaven. It's personalized. If thou shalt believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. If you believe, you see the glory of God. If you believe, your wife will say, no, 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 it's not like that. The word talks about if thou shalt believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Bring the Christ center in your life so that your family will be developed, bringing Christ in center of the family. So that your family is bringing Christ as center, your church will be Christ-centered church, my dear. Believe in that in the name of Jesus. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jericho, his father-in-law, sorry, uh, verse chapter 3 and verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Whenever Lord appears or whenever the word of the Lord is given, it comes from the middle part. It comes from the midst. You need to understand. This is the expectation. In the Old Testament, when, you, when Father Jehovah was dealing, he, he gave his voice, he gave his command from the middle, from the midst. You need to understand. That is the expectation of the Lord Almighty. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. Someone can help me out by reading the verse? Yes, please, you're most welcome. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. I'm, I'm used to that, uh, I mean like back home in Chennai, someone read and I will just follow that. Okay, if it, is, if it is really hard for you, just take it easy, not a problem at all. Where, for, where two or three? Mm-hmm. Look at that. So the expectation and the word of the Lord is where two or three gather in my name, there I am. No, no, no. In midst of them, I'm there. Hallelujah. Look at the expectation of the Father. Look at the expectation of his only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit. In the midst, we need to try, we need to try to bring, take the, uh, the, 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 the relationship aside and bring Christ in the center of your life. That's so important. Some people will be waiting to get married. They will be pleading the Lord for their marriage as soon as they get their spouse until they will have Christ center of their life. But when you have a relationship, we will move. Lord, please move aside. No, 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 no. Relationship always take the side part, but God must be in the center part. You need to understand that. That's what he believes. The Lord said, where two or three gather in my name, on the side, on the other track, I will be with them. No, no, no. He said, 
in midst I will be there. The expectation of the Lord, he believes in the middle. Luke chapter 2 verse 46. Luke chapter 2 and verse 46. Verse 46 talks about now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers both listening to them and asking them questions. The Bible talks about Jesus was 12 years old. He has not yet started his ministry. He was not baptized. But when he was young before he could reach his teenage, he was 12 years old. But look at this. Where is his position? Sitting in the middle. Questioning, answering and questioning the priests. If you, I mean like, if you understand really well, you will know where to place your God in your life. We need to place him in the center. Because the center will always take the attraction. You understand? Look at your watch and look at the clock. The control is in the center. So that's how it revolves, you understand? So if you allow the Lord to control your life, before you ask the Lord to control, bring him in the center so that he will control your life. Hallelujah. Yes. Let Jesus be the center of attraction. John chapter 19 and verse 18. I, I, you know, I, I love this man, John, the wonderful author, the wonderful writer. He is very specific in his writing, you know. He gives what is right. I mean, like the, sometimes the time, the day, and uh, when is the season. He is in particular about uh, giving his, uh, I mean, like lyrics, you know. John chapter uh, 19 and verse 18 talks about where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Do you think it's by accident? The cross of Calvary. Do you think it's by an accident? No, 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 no. It is Father Jehovah's pre-orchestrated plan, you know. The Lord said, wherever my son goes, let him take the center position. Wherever he is, even if he's going to die, let him take the center position. You understand? When he lived, he was center. He was living center. When he was about to die, he was laid on the cross of crucified on the cross of Calvary in the center. You need to understand, my dear, this is the expectation of the God Almighty. Whenever Jesus did, he was in the middle. When the paralytic man, the four men brought the paralytic man and uh, they just dropped him and opened the ceiling and dropped him down. And Jesus was in the center of the house. You need to understand. The practically, the word talks about giving space to the Lord in the center position. So when he died, so it's simple, you know, uh, but he elaborates in a very good manner. John, he talks about on two sides there were criminals, which means apparently God must be in the center. But he's giving in detail, saying that, and Jesus was crucified in the center. Let me tell you, when Jesus lived, he was living in the center. When Jesus died, he was dying in the center, my dear. That is the plan of God Almighty. And a few references I would like to just finish with. John chapter 20 and verse 26. 
And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas, uh, sorry, uh, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So where is the person of Jesus? Can you answer me? In the midst. See, they were afraid already. The disciples of Jesus were afraid and they were trembling because of the fear of the Jews. Jesus could have knocked the door and said, I am Jesus. Can I come in? No, no, no. He didn't do that. Immediately, he came, stood in the middle, my dear. You have to understand, when Jesus is there taking the part in your life in the saying in center position and that's when we can have the peace. You understand? That's what Bible talks about. John 20 and verse 19 talks about. He came, stood in the midst and said, peace be with you. If you need peace, if you lack peace in your life, bring Jesus in your center of your life. You need to understand. But, but we will just be telling everyone, we're blabbering, blah, 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 saying that, oh, I don't have peace. I don't have peace. No, nothing, nothing. But you need, you need to take an effort not by just your mouth, but with your, with your whole heart saying that, Lord, take the center position so that I will have the peace. If we need peace, bring Jesus center of your life. And the second time, Luke chapter 20 and verse 26 talks about, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. See, the second time he could have changed his position. The second time Jesus could have changed his entry. The second time Jesus could have changed the protocol, the system. But no, 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 no. Even when, whenever I come, I take the middle place. I take the center place. Whenever Jesus appears in your life, my dear, he prefers to take the center position. Not a side way. Not somewhere among your relationship. No, 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 no. Bring a difference. When the Lord is in your life, and that's when you can find the change. You need to understand what it is. Mark chapter 5. Book of Mark chapter 5. Verses 38 to 42. Mark chapter 5 verses 38 to 42 talks about the little girl. The ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' daughter. The Lord raised a little girl from the death. When he came in the end, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. But sleeping. And they ridiculed him. And, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitakume, which means, uh, little girl, I say to you, arise. This is the one history. This is a one another story. And next, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 and verses 11, 11 to 15, which talks about the son of 
the widow of Nain. When Jesus entered, when the law, uh, and when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and the large crowd from the city was with him. And the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. When Jesus comes in your life in a center position, your cry will be wiped out. Your weeping time will come to an end. If you are weeping for something, if you are finding a solution for your problems and your questions, bring Jesus center of your life. You have all the answers, my dear. We might have in the world's greatest problem, but we always say, what do you know about my situation? What do you know about my circumstances that I'm crossing? What do you know that what I'm handling now? No, no, we might say, we, we, we bring in a conclusion saying, I'm holding the world's greatest problem. We say that we are holding the world's greatest problem. But let me tell you, my God is greater than your greatest problem. We think that we are holding the greatest problem, but you know, don't realize Jesus is bigger, greater than your greatest problem. We need to understand in what situation that we bring Jesus. Sometimes we, we go out telling everyone, saying that, thank you, my dear brother. You know, I'm really bad in this. I sweat a lot when I preach, which means sometimes physically it's coming out. <laughs> Not only spiritually. Yes. We need to understand when to bring Jesus. Sometimes we don't realize Telling Jesus first, we tell everyone, especially to our wife, to our spouse, to our husband, your children, your parents. But God will be watching, what are you doing? Come to me first. Do you think, are they going to give you a solution for this? No. Even though, I mean like the relationship is given from the Lord. It's from the Lord. But apparently you need to understand where to keep your relationship. There is a certain level. Don't bring your relationship in the center of your life, in your heart, or else God will take it out. Because the Bible talks about he's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. You need to understand how jealous he is. Because he loves you, he's jealous about you. He cannot spare you simply, my dear. We need to understand. The second, when Jesus entered the gate of Nain, when he's about to enter, there is a multitude there is a crowd coming out of the city. See, look at this encounter. It's like an arch when Jesus is entering into Nain and there is a crowd coming uh, uh, from Nain. There's an encounter. Jesus doesn't know who that woman is and who that dead body is. But seeing her cry, the Lord felt sorry for her. It is a center of the position, my dear. And the third one, is John chapter 11, John chapter 11, verses 39 to 44. John chapter 11, verses 39 to 44, talks about Lazarus. Lazarus. You know, Jesus knows that Mary and Martha, they are women, ladies. So they, you know, in India, uh, I don't know about England and Africa, but in India, we think that ladies, they are lesser in power and they don't have much strength comparatively to the men. 
So we just take it. If the lady is carrying something, take it easy. I'll carry it for you. No worries, lady. Take it easy. Woman, I can help you. But the Lord, looking at Martha and Mary, said, move, take away the stone. He didn't tell these disciples, no other people, but he said to Martha and Mary, take away the stone. You need to understand, whatever the stone that you are able to move, you move it. The stones which you are not able to move it, God will move it for you. Simple. When uh, Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene and uh, Mary, the, the mother of Joseph and Jacob, James, came to see the tomb of Jesus, the stone was rolled away. You need to understand. When you are able to take, move away the stone, what are the stone? Which is small things. I was, I was talking uh, uh, in uh, Pastor Phil's church the other day, day before yesterday. I was telling that few things about prayer. I was talking about prayer. And I would like to remind you also, when God answers our prayers immediately, which means God is increasing our faith. When answer to your prayers have been delayed for a while, which means God is increasing your patience. When you don't get answers to your prayers, means it doesn't mean that God has left you alone. Ah, I don't care. It's not like that. When you don't get an answer to your prayers, which means God knows that you can handle it. So simple. If the answer to your prayers come to you quickly, which means God is increasing your faith, answer to your prayers comes a bit late, delayed, which means God is increasing your patience. You don't get your answers to your prayers at all, which means God knows that you can handle it, my dear. Few things God will allow you to handle it. And that's why he looked at Mary and Martha and said, move away the stone. We always think God should come down, God should do this. Whatever is able through your hand, you do it. Whatever is, uh, your, your might cannot do it, your, your strength cannot do it, God will come down and do it for you, my dear. Yes. We need to understand a few things the Lord has done. All right, now look at the three different situations. The three different deaths. The first one was a little girl, the daughter of Jairus. The second one was the son of the widow of Nain. The third one, the Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary. Three situations where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I have the will and I have the deep pleasure and the press in my heart talking about these few things, these three incidents. Jesus was there. He raised up the dead people in three occasions. The first one was the girl, small little girl. You know, we know that in Mark 5, it talks about while the Jairus was there with Jesus, a servant came from his home, said that, leave the father, leave the, the pastor alone. Leave Jesus alone. Your daughter is dead. Sometimes we are getting close to God. Sometimes our situations are dead. You not understand the power of God. When we, when we are getting closer to God, that's when we find a death situation. I was very good previously, but I'm getting closer to God. I see some death situations here. That's what happening to Jairus. When he was with the Lord, and that's when he heard the news, his, wife, his daughter is dead. You know, sometimes don't be discouraged. When you're getting closer to God, things are getting worse and bad, which means God is going to bring it back to life. And that's how God can prove his power in your life, my dear. We need to understand that. And here, three things. 
And I would like to just give five keys for my message and I would like to conclude. The first one, the first death, uh, the daughter of Jairus was the same day she was dead. The second, the widow of Nain, uh, the son of the widow of Nain, he was dead for two days. The, the first day he was dead, the next day, they don't have much of freezer box or the, the preservatives. They have to take it away and uh, uh, bury it. In olden times, you have just two days. You can, you can have the body and you, you have to bury it. So I believe, according to the history, that second day, Jesus met them. And Lazarus, you know, we understand that John has written that. It's been like four days since my brother Lazarus have died. So we understand. It's a different time, different situation. My first key for my message is, Time is not a criteria. Can somebody shout and say, time is not a criteria. For my Jesus, time is not a criteria. We think that time has gone. We are running out of time, but never mind, my dear. Time is not a criteria for our Lord Jesus Christ. The second one, place. The first at home. Jairus, Jesus came to the home of Jairus, raised that little girl. The second place was on the road. Literally on the road, not at the house, on the road. Because Jesus had an encounter with the, the son, the widow of nine, on the road. The third place was the tomb. Do you understand? It's a tomb. Let me tell you the second one. The second key for message is place is not a criteria. Can somebody shout and say, place is not a criteria. We think we have a small little space. We have bigger space. We have this place. No, no, I'm not happy with this place. But I tell you, my dear, Place is not a criteria for my Jesus. He can come anywhere that you call him. Call upon his name and I will be there for you. And I will stand for you. Place is not a criteria, my dear. The third one. Yeah, he knows uh, Jairus. And because he knows Jairus, he knows his, son, his daughter. The second one, he, he knows, he has no, Jesus has no idea about the son of the widow. But he raised back to life. And the third one, he knows Lazarus because Lazarus was close, pretty close to Jesus. And third key for our message is, person is not a criteria. Can somebody shout and say, person is not a criteria. Sometimes we just plead the Lord saying that, Lord, when you can answer my oh, elder brother, why can't you answer me? We have a questions there. He's not a God of partiality. You know, he looks the same way as you and as I. We, we, we just bring a conclusion saying that, no God, I'm not so high to you because someone is there. You answer their prayer, but not my prayer. No, 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 no. Person is not a criteria, my dear. He can anoint any person. He can use any person. David was looking after his flock, but God made him a king of Israel. He can do anything, my dear. Uh, uh, one, uh, Saul, by name Paul, he was destroying churches, but God made him an apostle and write 13 epistles in the Bible, New Testament. He takes the priority in the New Testament. So God can use anybody, any person. Person is not a criteria. Time is not a criteria. Place is not a criteria. Person is not a criteria. And look at the third one, a fourth one. I would like to just finish two more keys. The fourth one, Jesus said, took, uh, took, uh, took her hand and said, which means, little girl, Arise. So it means she's a little girl, right? She's a girl. And the second one, he touched the bed and said, 
Young man, arise. The second situation. Young man, arise. When you go back home and you can read it, Mark, uh, Luke, and John. He said, young man, arise. And third one, I mean like it is not in the Bible, but the history talks about, I had some references in, in the internet saying that Lazarus would have been uh, between his 40s, between 40 to 47. There's not a proof, there's no proof in the Bible, but the history talks about Lazarus was between 40 to 47. Do you call it a middle age in, in England? Yeah, in India it's middle age. <laughs> some people think it often, oh, I'm not that old. Yeah, we are young in spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. We are, we are. Amen. And the fourth key for our message is age is not a criteria. Can somebody shout and say age is not a criteria? God can use a six-year-old boy or a girl and God can use an eight-year man or woman. You understand? Don't bring your age in between and tell that because I'm old, because I'm young, I'm a teenager, I'm a middle-aged person. No, 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 no. Don't bring your age as a barrier. Don't bring your age something which can stop you and God. Age is not a criteria, my dear. And that's the reason God raised. The first one was a young girl. The second one was a young man. And the third one was a middle-aged. You need to understand. And the fourth one, fifth one, I love this. And I would like to just conclude with this and pray with you all. The fifth one. The dead girl back to life is the first day. The second one, two days, brought him back to life. Jesus brought him back to life. And the third one, yeah, she talks about, and uh, Mary, uh, Mary came to Jesus and fell at his feet, and uh, John 11, 11, verse 30 talks about, uh, she came, she, uh, she saw Jesus, she fell at his feet of Jesus, and uh, she poured out everything from her heart and said, if, the, if you would have been here, my, my brother Lazarus would have died. And the Lord said to Martha, move away the stone. And that's what she said. Oh, it is going to stink, my Lord. It's been four days since my brother is dead. You know, which one is easy for God, actually? Is it the first day, the second day, or the fourth day? The first day. We can give some first aid, pumping the heart and bring her back to life. Sometimes, you know, it has, been, it has happened then in India. Uh, some medical doctors, they have done it, actually. And giving the mouth-to-mouth pressure giving the oxygen and the bring it back someone see it is easy actually the lord which is most easy was the girl the second one was the the son of nain the widow of nain and third one was lazarus which is the toughest one which god should have gone pulled out rolled out the stone i don't know many how many of you have been there to israel to the holy land i've been there quite a i mean like few times four or five times it's a streep. You have to go down and see uh, the, the tomb of Lazarus. So what Jesus should have done? Rolled away the stone, went into, should have gone, laid his hand upon Lazarus and said, get back to life. No, no, no. He simply said, Lazarus, come out of your tomb. We need to understand. The bigger problem for us is the lighter, easy for the Lord to perform a miracle. We think it is so hard for us but it is so easy for the Lord. The problem gets bigger and bigger in our sight, but for the Lord, it is getting smaller and easier every single time. And you see, the fifth one, the last fifth key, problem is not a criteria for Jesus. Can somebody shout and say, problem is not a criteria? 
no matter what problem you're crossing through, my dear. No matter what is your situation, what is your circumstance. But I just tell you, bring the Christ center of your life. So all your death situations will come back to life. We have no choice. The only choice that we have is Jesus Christ. Jesus can do anything in your life. I want everyone to stand up right now. Let us all rise up to our feet and we're going to just ask the Lord. Lord, I want to bring you center of my life. When you come center of my life, and that's when I find the peace. You know, if you bring Jesus center of your life, you have priority. If you bring Jesus center of your life, you find prosperity. If you bring Jesus in center of your life, you will have productivity, my dear. The priority, the personality, the prosperity, and the productivity. I just bless you all. And I'd like to just pray. How many of you, you, you had Jesus in your life, but have you ever thought about bringing Jesus center in your heart, center in your life, center in your family, or center in your church? Thank God we have Christ-centered church. And that's the reason we have the peace and we have the possibilities. If you need to have more possibilities in your life, bring Jesus center of your life. How many of you would like to bring Jesus a center of your life? Just raise your hands wherever you are. Are you getting closer to God? The time that we spend to the Lord, let it be better. Let it, take, let it be taken deeper. Lord, I just bless those people of Father. I bless your children of Father, Lord. Lord, help them to bring you the center of their life, O oh Master. Center of their heart, center of their family, O oh Father. I bless them. Thank you for encouraging them. Thank you for delivering them, O oh Father. Lord, thank you so much for that you have answered, that you have heard their prayers and answered their prayers, O oh Master. I bless them. Lord, help them, O oh Father. As they just unite their hearts, O oh Lord. I bless them. In Jesus' name. You can just put down your hands. Lord, I just pray for them, O oh Father. Lord, I just pray a deliverance in their life. Lord, the many people that you are, you're praying for the change in your situation. Many people, you're praying for your houses. You find that house is not really apt for you. It doesn't fit you. I'm just praying for you, my dear. And many of you, you are fed up with your relationship. Many of you, you're quarreling with the Lord because of your relationship. I'm praying for you, my dear. Father, I just bless them. Those who are going through these situations, oh Father. Bless them, oh Lord. Anoint them. Let thy grace be upon them, oh Father. That your word will heal their situations and calamities, oh Father. I bless them. I bless them. I bless them, oh Father. As we raise Jesus up. As we lift him high, the Lord will be magnified. Just open up your heart. Open your mouth and bless his holy name. The more that we bless his name, the more that we develop in our blessings, the more that we improvise the praise and worship unto him, the more that we reach the Lord and the more that he can give a blessing in your life. Hallelujah. Oh yes, oh Father. Oh yes, let us sing it together.
It is a great honor and pleasure, Lord. In inviting you and lifting your name on high. Mm, oh, yes. Let us sing it together. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna. In the... Oh, yes, Lord. We bless your name. And this is the reason God has brought a change in your life. Let his name be exalted. Let him be glorified. The time of adoration. The time to bless his mighty matchless name. No Zena, Hosanna. No Zena. In the oh yes, Lord. We bless your name. Lord, we lay our hearts before you. Let your name be magnified and glorified. We lift your mighty matchless name, O oh Father.